Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. So glad that you're joining us for the Dr. William Clark podcast. This podcast is focused on helping nonprofits simplify the fundraising processes they use so they can build six-figure programs without chasing funders. I don't know about you, but I wish I knew this information before I started working in the nonprofit world years ago. But I'm here to help you build six-figure programs and I'm here to help you on your journey. So would you be so kind to not only listen to this podcast, would you also rate, would you also subscribe, would you also comment on this podcast wherever you're listening? And lastly, would you also be kind enough to share this podcast with a friend or a colleague who you believe can benefit from the content we're sharing? Now, we are here to help and support you on this journey, and I believe that we have some resources that can help you quite a bit. So go ahead, like, comment, subscribe, and share this podcast. Now, let's jump into our show. I cannot complain. I won't complain. There's nothing to complain about. Right. You better talk that talk. Hey, hold on. We're live on Facebook. Let me set this uh, clubhouse thing up. Hold on one second. Oh. Uh, Facebook family. What's up? What's up? What's up? Let me make sure we're doing good. I don't even know where my phone is. Oh, man. I'll get it in a minute. <laughs> All right. So uh, how are you, Stephanie? Say that statement again for our Facebook family. What, what type of Friday is it? Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It is Faith-filled, fantastic, fabulous Friday. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is fabulous. And if you got some complaints, keep it to yourself because we all got issues, right? <laughs> we all got something right. going on. Oh, man, but it is really, really good to uh, be with you guys. Let me switch the audio here. Boom. It is really, really good to be with you guys. I just wanted to grab some coffee. It's brewing. And I want to just talk a little bit about nonprofit stuff. Uh, Stephanie, tell us a little bit about your nonprofit, what you got going on, et cetera. Thank you for sharing that. So with that being said, how about we just talk about your CDC for a little bit? I have some time before my next meeting. I got uh, I got a meeting at eight o'clock, so we got about 20 minutes. Do you want to talk about your CDC? Yes, well, let's, I would love to. Well, let's do that. I want to say good morning to Sherry and Wanda. Wanda, come on up. I uh, see you're in New York. You're literally in my neighborhood. I'm in Connecticut. Glad to see you coming up. We just talked about nonprofits over a cup of coffee to our Facebook family. Welcome on in. Uh, we are live uh, on my uh, Dr. William P. Clark page as well as on my personal page and our Facebook group. But, um, but we're talking to Stephanie this morning. We're talking about her CDC. And you want to get into workforce development. And what's the other thing you want to do? 
All right. Yes. Uh, housing, affordable housing. All right. So let's talk about workforce development a little bit. What's your vision there for workforce development organizations? Well, that's an excellent question that you asked. Um, for the last 24 years, I've actually worked for not-for-profit organizations doing uh, job development and oh. creating uh, training uh, manuals, working with uh, ex-offenders while returning citizens. Yeah. Uh, You're talking uh, my language. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, with the TANF population, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. and then uh, vets, veterans. I would say that I've worked displaced workers. I've worked with all types of, um, I would say, populations, and of course, a lot of the workforce development programs are performance based driven. Uh, so. Not only have I worked in a capacity of job development, like finding the jobs and helping uh, employers to identify or to pre-screen individuals, but um, like I said, I've done the training. Uh, training I actually can certify certify individuals in Serve Safe Food Safety Manager class. That class, that credential can open doors for those who want to open their own business, a food truck, if they want to do catering and or work for an employer, anyone who has a commercial kitchen, a college, a college university, a hospital, assisted living. So um, that particular training had opened a door for me to do some trainings or to collaborate with other nonprofits. Just need to expand it more. Then uh, the CPR and first aid, that was another certification that I can do. And now we, um, I'm embarking upon another credential, I'm becoming a contractor. I am waiting for my license to come back, but I've already started identifying the trades whether we may do painting, we, we, we're looking at a trade that would not be as tedious, but a trade that will allow someone to get the skill as well as get connected to the unions, but you know, be able to have viable income, make you know, a livable wage as well as get connected to the unions. Got it. So let me, let me, let, let's kind of dig a little deeper here because for those that are in the workforce development space um, and they heard what you just said, they know that you know what you're talking about. Um, it is what it is. And I definitely relate to that. I'm in a workforce development space as well. So I understand everything you said. So right now you've launched a CDC. Um, what do you think? So you mentioned earlier that your next step is to build a solid board of directors. Uh, where are you in? Where are you in that process? And what is it that you feel like you that's left to do in building that board? Wow, you asked some powerful questions. And first of all, I want to thank you again, Dr. Clark, for this opportunity to converse with you because I most definitely need to talk to you aside for side conversations. I may have some leads for you because I've been researching and looking and I've been saying I'm gonna come back and be in your in your room, but did not know that today would be the day. <laughs> a divine purpose. It's truly a divine purpose. And so I I foresee myself becoming one of your clients, but also giving referrals for sure, because I've been in the last 24 years offering as well as uh the workforce development, the training. I've been doing technical assistance as it relates to helping entities 
with their status and then referring them to um, powerful powerhouses like yourself. So I, I'm looking to be able to collaborate and make referrals. But as it relates to the CDC, I have been given the great task, um, I'm not going to say burden, but the great task of reviving, it's, it's revived on paper. So it, it's it's legal, but in terms of programming. And so one of the things I've been able to do, but need to do more of it, um, I've, I, I need to network and identify those who would like to work with the CDC. So I have uh, identified one gentleman who is willing uh, to roll up his sleeve and maybe two to say, look, I want to be a part of this board. What, what do we need to do? So I know that with the board, we need to have a working board. We, we need the executive board to be tight. You know, the president, the vice, the secretary, the treasurer. But I don't want to just have a 501c3 just to say I have a 501c3. So what I'm doing now is taking this last quarter to uh, revamp, to try to put out information and see who would be willing to be a part. Uh, one, I'm in Maryland, and one of the things, or one of the blessings for Maryland residents, <laughs> Maryland nonprofits and for-profits, we've been given an opportunity to get commercial space. So with the commercial space, you can get, and the grant is due today, you can get up to $2,500 per month. It's not coming to you, but it's going to the landlord. Or if you're trying to purchase the building, then it could be used uh, for that, for um, your real estate transaction or so forth. But given the task of completing the application, so I have a space. I currently have a space, but it's in a little small it's a, in, a, in an office, a, a small office building, but it's not in Seat Pleasant. And Seat Pleasant is a community in itself. Um, there is a basketball player, and I, I need to just think, put my thinking cap on that everyone and their mother knows of him, and he grew up um, in Seat. Um, Kevin Durant It's the community where Kevin Durant um, was born, raised, grew up, became successful. He's an NBA player. Uh, when I was given the seat pleasant, uh, the, the previous board or the young lady who had given it to me, the founder, they were not able to connect me to the past board members. So it was a lot of gaps. Like, okay, can you give me documentation on some of the programs? Can you give me some statistics? Can you give me... So it was like, here, here's the determination letter. Here, here's the EIN number. Just go forth. So I really want to streamline some things, get a working board, but uh, and getting a working board, I think it can help me on some of the logistics. Like today, one of the assignments is to just go ahead and one of the assignments is just to go ahead and apply for the grant, apply for the grant uh, for a building. And perhaps I may need to look and see Pleasant 
and or change the trade, change the name, so I'm not restricted to a geographical location. Okay. Well, I got a few minutes left before my call. Uh, I want to share some thoughts with you. Uh, you know, obviously for you, those in the room, those on Facebook, those listening to this in the replay. Um, like I said, you, you're talking a language uh, in terms of workforce development, and for those that don't know uh, what she's talking about, um, I would encourage you just to do your research. It's the standard language that she's talking about, uh, and so I think that's that's right on par, particularly as you were talking about reentry and all how all that's integrated into the work as well. So let me not speak about the workforce development stuff because I think that for the time we have, you've kind of established that and laid the foundation. But let me do speak about how you can build a working board and get yourself in the right direction. Now, I do want to clarify, and I saw this somewhere on social media this week, uh, where someone was stating that, well, we have a working board and we want to compensate them. Here's the truth. A working board is a group of people who are t who are voting board members who are active. Right. A working board is not a set of volunteers who are working in the nonprofit or working in the business, doing something uh, on behalf of the nonprofit, such as running a program. That's not the role of the board, and that's not an expectation you should have of the board, nor should that be an expectation a board should have of themselves. Good board members, Stephanie, and for everybody who's listening, uh, what I share with my clients, they have three strong qualities. Those qualities are, number one, they are decision makers elsewhere. Now, that sometimes can be controversial, but what I get at with that particular statement is that you want people on your board who have the capacity and power to make change and make a difference, and they don't have to do it through your organization. If people feel like they can be powerful or be decision makers or influencers only because they're on your board, then that means they're super thirsty for power. They're super thirsty for the opportunity. And what most people relate that to is they join my board for the resume clout. All right. So you don't want people to join your board just to be uh, just to put you on the resume. But you want people who have decision making power elsewhere, who have passions outside of your nonprofit organization, but who are willing to partner with you and to provide the other two characteristics. The second characteristic is they're willing to provide oversight. Remember, your board is your boss, so you want, to, you want to treat them as such, and that means they have to provide oversight to the organization. They don't manage the day-to-day. -day. That's the role of the executive director. You already know that, Stephanie, but for those that don't know that, that is the role of the executive director and staff, but the board provides general oversight to make sure the organization is performing well, meaning its KPIs, is financially viable, et cetera. And the last characteristic of a quality board member uh, is they are willing to share their treasure, whether they give or get their treasure doesn't matter sometimes it's a combination of both they are willing to share resources so that the organization can uh, do what it's called to do and that is to serve the needs of its community in your case provide affordable housing and workforce development training programs so when you have those qualities in place for a good board and they're set up within your organization you position your organization and you position yourself to do something really really special and that special work uh, is tied to solving that issue uh, within your, uh, your community, and they are able to provide value. They're able to provide support. They're able to provide all types of leverage for you. So as you're going after property or as you're going after a lease, purchasing a property, going after another asset like a vehicle or going into a, a, a partnership or doing something of substance that moves 
the mission forward, the board is instrumental in making that happen. Now, the question most people ask at this juncture is, well, where do I find good board members? Well, number one, they're not going to be in your family circle, but let's kind of talk practically. Your board members are going to be found within your inner circle somewhere, maybe not the first layer, but it may be found in the second layer, third layer, fourth layer, or sixth layer uh, close to you. And, and if you heard the term of six degrees of separation, think of that concept. You'll find board members based upon who you are connected with. So you do want to look at your inner circle and put out a call to say, hey, we're building this, we're growing this, we're looking for board members that fit the following qualifications. Can you recommend someone for me to speak to? The second place you want to look to for board members are people in the industry, Stephanie. You talk the language. You understand the language. You heard me share the three characteristics of a high-value board member. I'm sure that if you looked around Maryland, and maybe in the tri-state area where you're operating, you know where to find professionals. And if you don't know them personally, you know where to get them. You know how to go on their websites. You know how to email them. You know how to get a hold of them. You may have seen them at a conference. You may have, you may have seen them at a regional roundtable or some sort of meeting. So look at the network that you're working in. The last thing I'll say, too, is LinkedIn is a really good resource as well. If you're able to do a targeted search, if you're able to be specific about who and what you're looking for based upon a criteria that we just talked about, LinkedIn could be super helpful. So three keys there for everybody listening to this uh, to this conversation, right? You want to find good board members? Look within your inner circle, put out a call and see who responds. Secondly, look at your professional network. And thirdly, utilize and leverage LinkedIn. Now, when you do all those things, you select board members who meet the three characteristics I just shared. You follow those three steps to find quality board members, and let's say it all works out. Then the last thing I want to encourage you and everyone to do when you're engaging board members, and I want to focus on like the part three, characteristic three of this thing, right, which is give and get treasure. It's super important to make sure you establish a culture of giving within your organization. You want to make sure that your board of directors, they are fit, they are ready to give to support this cause. Because as you're making moves, as you're making decisions, as you're moving forward, as you are shifting gears, you're going to need resources. And if this is a new organization, resources may not come as fast as you would hope, particularly if it's coming from grants or foundations or even partnerships. However, if your board is active or in air quotes, a working board, i.e. giving and supporting real time, it gives you a good start in the direction you're looking to go to. Stephanie, I got a few minutes left, but I want to turn it back over to you for reflections on that, on those thoughts. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, I, as you were talking, I was writing the notes and I most definitely need to do what you have shared. You are an expert and I'm just grateful for this morning. I'm grateful for the nuggets that you shared with us as it relates to a board because I've seen folks set up their 501c3 and the names that they had, the organizing, um, I would say the incorporators, uh, I, they've come back to me and say, wow, they don't want to be on my boards. They want to get paid. So I just thank you for the clarification as well as, you know, the insight on some things that we can do to create a board, a good working board. I'm, I'm just speechless at this moment, and I just can't wait to talk to you off 
uh, of course, I know I, as a consultant fee because the laborer's word is higher, but also being able to be a referral source. Well, Stephanie, I appreciate you. I appreciate you joining the show this morning. Appreciate you sharing what you got going on. I hope uh, and I wish much success to you and your organization. For everybody else who's listening to this uh, in the Clubhouse Room on Facebook or in our podcast, thank you for being a part of this show. I would be remiss if I didn't close this show uh, to invite you to join our next cohort of the Nonprofit Fundraising Masterclass. This masterclass was created by nonprofit leaders for nonprofit leaders with the express purpose of helping you simplify your fundraising approach to fundraise without uh, chasing funders. If you need help with that and all the infrastructure that goes into that, I'm going to encourage you to submit your application to our next cohort that begins in November. You can do that by going to nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. Again, that's nonprofitfundingstrategies.com. Go ahead, submit your application, and we'll be glad to work with you. With that being said, this is Dr. William Clark for the Dr. William Clark Podcast. See you guys next time. Peace. Hey everyone, this is Dr. William Clark here. I just wanted to come on really quick and say thank you for listening to another episode of the Dr. William Clark Podcast. We are here to help you uh, simplify your processes so you can triple fundraising results to support the programs that mean so much to you. Would you be so kind to like, comment, and share this particular podcast? We are indebted to you for being faithful listeners to this particular podcast show. And we want to continue to spread uh, this message to other people who can benefit from it. So please share this podcast episode and entire show with your colleagues your friends and people who you know can benefit from this you can connect with us in two ways you can go to drwilliampclark.com again that's drwilliampclark.com or you can visit us at my sixfigurefunding.com again that's my sixfigurefunding.com there you can register for our free upcoming webinar how to triple fundraising results without chasing funders it is possible when I share with you the secrets on how to do that. Thanks again. We'll see you in the next episode.